0: I'm Batman. Good luck, Harry Potter.
1: Well, cover me with eggs and flour and bake me for 14 minutes. Hello, and welcome back to Screen Masters. I'm Bav. Hello, I'm Fluff. And this week we are continuing our discussion... Of the Alien franchise. I've gone with franchise now. I'm sticking with franchise. I don't want to try and say sextology anymore. (laughs) It sounds wrong. I'm not sure it's a word. I think the box set actually just says anthology these days. But yes, we're back for episode number two to finish off our Alien coverage. So we'll get straight into it. So yeah, then we move up to 1992, which was Alien 3 or Alien Cubed. As the actual logo looks, because that's what they did. They put yeah. the three as the cube symbol. So you actually did Alien Cube, guys. It's like, uh, what was it? The Fantastic Four? The most recent one. It wasn't called Fantastic Four. It was called Four Four Stick <laughs> because they didn't put the four after it. Because they put the four as the A in the. Th- so it was f- Four Four Stick. Anyway, shit. Is what Forgettable. It was. Forgettable. This one directed by David Fincher. This is the, the We're into two films now in this franchise that are mind-boggling to me. I do not understand what happened. So, I watched the 2003 Special Edition. I checked on IMDb, and the Standard Edition is an hour and 57. The one I watched, 2 hours 25.
0: Jesus. I, I think I watched the two-hour version, because I, I, think you must I have don't done. think I, I now, would have made it through two and a half.
1: There was quite a lot that I... Like, it's got a totally new beginning, I think. The, the beginning, as far as I remember it, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you have seen this one, mm-hmm. is just sort of, you see the pod
0: mm-hmm.
1: as the credits are going, so Ripley, Hicks and Newt survived aliens yes. and get ejected in a pod, yes. but by the time we get to three, Newt was too old, Michael Bean wasn't available, so we had to strip it back to just Ripley, she's the only one who signed up, so... They kill them off in the credit sequence, essentially, and Ripley
0: is discovered and pulled out of the pod, and that's sort of all in the credits, yeah. Sort of, yeah. So I know that uh, there, there was, uh, I, I believe, the guy who played uh, Hicks. I think they used his, they used his appearance for part of it. I think when they were pulling him out, or whether whether he was dead, because I, I I recall him being absolutely furious about the fact that he wasn't cast in it and that he'd been killed off. Um, you know, a few other people like James Cameron when he watched it was like. What the fuck did they yeah. do? They you, you know, built, we built up these characters and they were just frustrated that they killed them off. And as far as I recall, uh, Hicks makes an appearance of sorts, but they basically... Yeah, he's dead, but the, he makes a visual appearance and they use the footage from the previous film. Right, and he got it. pissed off to a T about that. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. They kill off my character. The fuck do you think you're doing? You, yeah, can't, like you can't use my likeness. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. But
1: yeah, the, the, the beginning of the one I watched is... Uh, Ripley is on a beach. She washes up on a beach and Charles Dance is character. Now, did I write his name down? Because again, as we'll discover you made a lot
0: of notes, so I, it's gonna be hard d- to The
1: names I did think I deliberately wrote them down, but as you'll discover when I get there to the cast, I had to look a lot of them up because again, this is the difference. The the, the, the crew you've got assembled were not memorable to me. Forgetable in any way apart from Charles Dance because that's the character she makes a bond with mm-hmm. at the beginning but yeah he goes out and rescues her from the beach then they discover the pod and they go to the pod and they see that the other two are dead and it's just totally different okay. But like, and it's got some quite nice shots in it actually um, as it went on because it is so much longer right, I couldn't tell you where the extra length is but as it goes on I did realise that I was getting to know more of these characters um not hugely, but at least, oh, so you're that guy or you're that trope, you know, and uh, unfortunately, that is what it was. They were just one cliche or another, but okay, that's that's what we're at now, is it instead of well defined characters um yeah, they were just cannon fodder, fodder I've actually written cabin fodder, what the hell is cabin fodder, but cannon fodder is what I think I meant you were you probably know? ill when you were oh, quite possibly yeah. um. But that's what, up until this point, the the films had been very good at making the core team of people memorable to us. Mm. And that just fell by the wayside in this one. Um, so the cast, I've got a character called 85. I've got a char- the Doctor, or Clemens, mm. who is uh, Charles Dance. The Warden, who was Brian Glover. Um he's a fantastic northern voice as well. He's got a brilliant northern voice. I looked at some stuff on YouTube afterwards because I was like, your voice is amazing. But he's doing like a, a an English sort of vo- a posh oh. Englishy type voice in it. Okay. But he's got a very deep, broad voice and he's bald. the bald fella, anyway. Uh Pete Pottlesway. How wasted is he? Oh god, don't even get me How
0: wasted is that don't guy? Get
1: me on the of the um, of I didn't realise Paul McGann was in it until I looked because they've all got bald heads, so I didn't okay. know. But yeah, he's in there. He's okay. one of the bald-headed guys who makes it most of the way through. Okay. Um, uh, the priest, Charles S. Dutton, mm-hmm. he's very good. Uh, and again, Clive Mantle was in there, who was in, uh, for, for non uh he's from Casualty. He was in Casualty for many, many years and was the dishy doctor that everyone wanted to... Or your mum, Your mum probably fancied him back in the day, like, in Casualty. <laughs> but he's in there. I never knew that. So I'm assuming this thing was filmed in England. I don't know. I haven't watched the special ed, but it was probably
0: a Pinewood job. I do believe that it was shot majority of the in uh, in England at the time, yeah. Hence the reason for so many British actors. I see. Uh,
1: That does make sense. Um, We've lost a lot of plotting on this one as well, I feel. To say the least. The story. um, It's very basic. Hey, we're trapped on a planet. We're waiting for rescue, but we're being picked off one by one. And not to say that isn't what the other two were about... But you always had subtext. Generally, I'll admit the same subtext, which is the machinations of corporation in corporate America in the background or the, the corporations in control of things wanting to preserve the aliens at all cost but not wanting to admit to it. Yes. And that does sort of come into the end of this, but by this point you're expecting it. You, you're expecting nothing less. And there is no additional plot to, to it. Um... See, every plan they have, someone's always got to talk everyone into it. And it's always some ridiculously rousing speech, but it, it ain't no fucking Amer- it ain't no Independence Day. There's no Bill Pullman from Independence Day, man. I'm not going, you know, to go quietly into the night bollocks. But it's, <laughs> I've written, it's got dialogue like, well, I say fuck that thing and fuck them. Well done. Yeah. What, a, what a truly rousing speech yeah. for the troops,
0: there, guys. Yeah, it, uh, it, it. I'm sorry, but this this is where you know they almost destroyed the fucking franchise. Let's face it. In, in many respects, I mean, the fact that as a as a director, David Fincher went on record and said uh, no one hated it more than me. Uh, to this day, no one hates it more than me. That's interesting. I mean, that's, that's, that's that's his actual quote. It,
1: I found it interesting that he came back and did a special ed that he actually fucked with and did stuff he with.
0: Evidently, wanted to try and improve something, or though. Like I just he, don't. He was furious. I uh, think
1: fundamentally, you
0: can't do shit
1: with it. When when let's face it, I, I get, again, uh, apologies if this isn't in the standard cut. If this is an added bit, but they they win at one point. They trap the damn thing mm-hmm. in uh, a toxic waste disposal unit. That's got six foot thick armor plated walls and shit. And they lock it in. And the only way it can be opened is from the outside. And there are no more aliens to open it from the outside. So they win. I was like, shit, I didn't. I, I'd forgotten they won. And then someone suddenly goes nuts over about a five minute period, decides that he wants to set it free because that'd be a good idea. I just. I don't even know what his fucking motivations are for doing it, you know? It was clearly just like, well... It's like... Sorry to go to wrestling, but it's booking yourself into a corner. Yeah. Why book a match where two people that you don't want to lose and one of them has to lose? Yeah, yeah. So why write a script where you win and there is no possible way the damn thing can get out again? Because then you've got to write your way out of that fucking hole. Yeah. And what do you do? You take a character who none of us gave a shit about anyway because he wasn't very well defined, but you try and get us to believe that he's gone mental in five minutes and suddenly wants to release that thing like it's got some sort of psychic powers. What? It's just fucking bollocks. Um, well, the alien. Oh, the alien. Now, when it's practical, I think it looks all right. It looks as good as any of the rest of them were. But good God, the CG does not hold up well of this, does it? It's fucking atrocious. No, it doesn't. What I hate even more is the fact that the CG version isn't the same size as the the man in the suit. So when it's CG'd, it looks about half the size
0: of the guy in the suit. You do look at this and wonder, with regard to the budget, obviously, you know, we've got returning Sigourney Weaver, we've got a couple of... Yeah, it went on the fucking actors, did you it? You know, it, 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 we've got a couple of big name British guys at the time. Obviously, like Pete Potthor, White, Um I don't imagine that they would dictate a, a large salary. So you just got to wonder where was the budget for this? You've had pretty successful films by by this point. Alien, Aliens, done pretty damn well. What happened with three? Mm. What 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 happened? You know, Quite. the studios. Confidence in it was waning. Maybe they read the script and went, "Well, we're just gonna, we're just gonna make it so that we can keep the franchise." I have no fucking idea, but it suffers. It suffers greatly from a lack of input, yeah. uh, financially and technologically at this point. Yeah, I remember I had a huge marketing push
1: at the time. I remember the post oh, being call. everywhere. Yeah, the call. bald-headed Sigourney Weaver with the sort of hissing alien yeah, yeah, yeah. right at the side of her yeah, face. Yeah. But that's like, so it. Maybe they put massive. it all into marketing. Yeah, maybe yeah, they maybe, did. Maybe no. maybe well. I just, I've got. The So, at the end, Ripley dies. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, sorry, but if you're listening to this, oh. I assume you know spoilers by now.
0: Spoiler.
1: Um, and I feel that th- there's a bit in that sequence that shows the, the sort of flickers of something worthy that someone was trying to b- bring to the film, or, or or something, some depth. Because, obviously, she goes over backwards with her arms spread in the crucifix position... Mm-hmm religion is a theme running through the whole thing, and I feel like that was maybe Fincher trying his damnedest to visually display a theme that he was trying to get through the film um, and I mean, I remember it as fairly bog-standard, cookie-cutter kind of crap, you know, it, it's that film you've seen, mm-hmm. it almost is the parody of the first Alien mm-hmm. film Um the special edition does have touches, hints, sort of nuances. There's, there's stylistically, I looked at the shots and there's, there's some fantastic shots that I don't remember from the normal edition, so I wonder whether these have been put back in. But just the way he shot certain things, there's a bit where they're planning uh, what they're going to do, Sigourney so Weaver and someone, and the map is up against a backlit thing, so you can only see their silhouettes against the map they're looking at. It's a good shot. It's an interesting shot. It draws your attention and it it makes you look at it. Um, And like I said, that bit at the end, I just feel there's bits in there. But I just for whoever you are, no matter what director you are, it's difficult to do a lot when you're given so little from the script. Yes. And that's where I think the problem lies here. Yeah, most definitely. He could have put all the style and, and stuff into it he wanted, but the script gave him nothing to play with other than A religious undercurrent. Yeah, it was,
0: uh, you know, plot device to A, plot device to B, plot device to C, make it up as you go along. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: And like, uh, there's nothing in terms of plot, character motivation. Like, I may know actors in this movie, as I said at the beginning, but I I don't know their characters. Mm. I recognised their faces. I didn't go, oh, you, you know, opponent, you're this guy. Oh, you... Vasquez, you're this actor. You know, it just wasn't there because the actors, the characters weren't there. I mean, to sum up, really, the special edition is better than the standard cut because he's tweaked it and played with it and put stuff back into it that he clearly feels was necessary. But you need a damn good reason to sit through the extra 20 minutes mm-hmm. because strip away that 20 minutes that he's put in to make it better and it's quite a bad two-hour alien like say almost parody of itself yeah i mean it's not true parody because we get to that but it it almost is a parody of itself at that point and and he's awful it's not worth it for the extra (laughs) even if he's tried his hardest to put something good back into it (coughs) so we then move forward to alien resurrection which was 1997 originally, and again I watched the special edition in two th- from 2003. Uh, so let's let's just let's just pause for a minute. This film was written by Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Um, no no co credits. Mm-hmm. No 15 story credits. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon, mm-hmm. the man who's that good. They got to do a, a script polish on Toy Story. He did Ali- uh, Alien. He did Avengers mm-hmm. Assemble. We- Perhaps not mention Age of Ultron, but I don't think that was entirely his fault. Yeah, I think that was Mother Studio. But exactly, yeah, 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 I think they yeah, gave him yeah. too much to try and do with In it. Hindsight, but it,
0: it. This it's man incredible. is
1: good. Yeah. <laughs> he did Firefly, he did Serenity. He's a great writer. Mm-hmm. And then Jean Paul Junet, the, the director of Amelie, Delicatessen, amongst others, is like this is a fantastic director again, and a fantastic writer, and a god awful film. And I mean god awful. I hate this film. Mm. It's so bad. But there's a little bit at the beginning of the special edition with Jean-Paul Juna. Uh, Jean-Pierre? Is it Jean-Pierre or Jean-Paul? Jean-Pierre Junet. I don't know. I'll maybe look it up in a minute if I can be bothered. No, because my phone's over there. Anyway, whatever his name is, I've just written JPJ as yep. for short. Sure. So because I couldn't be asked to write his name all the time. He says at the beginning he does a little bit for it, and he's like, "Yeah, I didn't really want to do anything for the special edition. I was really happy with it." So all he does is there's a v- the credit sequence is different because uh, in 2003 he had better CG and he had an idea for essentially a bug on a windshield in space, which of course makes no fucking sense. There are no bugs in space, but he wanted a bug well, splash.
0: We don't know there are no bugs in space. Okay. Think about the enormous vastness. Of I'd space. give you
1: tardigrades,
0: but other than that, I'm not sure. We don't know. Space is a big place. You never know. There could be bugs out there. We just haven't seen them. Okay. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, the windshield of the ISS is not splattered
1: with bugs. We don't fit
0: spacecraft I, they, they, you, we with don't, we window don't know, wipers. We don't know what they're not for telling the bugs. us. You know, there's always saying don't, that. You know, there's if you start telling me Mars the fucking moon landing and... didn't happen, we're <laughs> going to fall out. No, we we right. We, we both discussed that in length. Like,
1: <laughs> But yeah, so he did a new intro for it. Now, again, I'm looking at this going, oh God, oh God. If you haven't done anything, mate, I don't know what to do. So the plot for this one, Ribley's dead. She died for fuck's sake and she died with an alien inside her. That's the bit we didn't mention. They discover partway through Alien 3 that she is carrying a new alien queen and has been since aliens in the first place. So they've cloned her Mm. in this one and the queen alien has come along as well mm-hmm. where yeah. did they get the stuff to clone her from yeah. now i do think i i want to be fair to them and say that they mentioned something um like that they say oh, i i'm i was sure they say like there was a hair follicle or something like that that they got some material mm-hmm. from the prison before things happened what okay fine so you've cloned her. She ain't Ripley. I know you haven't seen this one, but it's not just as well. Sense. No, no. She sense, yeah. isn't Ripley. Now, physically, because for some reason, this clone of her now has acid blood. So she's got red blood, mm. but it is acidic, like an alien is. And she's got a shit attitude. She's really, really like, she just doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't care about humans, doesn't seem to care about aliens, although at times they imply that she's on the alien side and not the human side, and they try and play with that. But it's not the same character. And that, that I think, is the key reason why I hate this film, because it isn't fucking Ripley. Mm. No matter what else is going on around her, it's not Ripley. Mm. It's a different person. So the idea is they want to get the Queen out of Ripley to get themselves some aliens. They do so, and then they try good old Pavlovian conditioning on them. And trying to train them to do things and then hitting them with liquid nitrogen to piss them off when it doesn't work. It's our mate Brad the Reef back in there again, being evil scientist number one. Again, I don't know his character's name. Mm -hmm. I just know it's Brad the Reef Mm -hmm. and he's there hitting the button. So, of course, you know he's going to get eaten really badly later on. Now, where it does... The bits I do like, because there are a couple, is essentially because Joss, I think, was toying around with Firefly because there's a team that are uh oh what would you what would you call uh, their crew crew they're not bounty hunters but they're space cowboys yeah, yeah okay god that reference is a film for old people um my parents love that film um but it's that so they're running jobs they're running errands so they delivered something to the space station that we're on and Sigourney weavers on and everything and you've got um uh Michael Michael Winner? No, 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 not Michael Winner, he's He's a
0: horrible director.
1: Yes. Uh well they did the first Death Wish. I quite like Charles Bronson, first Bronson Death Wish. Oh God, I, Michael Winner. I remember him from those shitty car adverts he did, the insurance adverts afterwards. Um no, uh Michael Winslow? No, he's the voice effects guy with the jam. The radar's been jammed in space balls. And is in Police Academy. Does all the sound effects. Bad guy. Does all the sound effects. Michael Wincott. That's his name. Bad guy in The Crow. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name? Top Dollar in The Crow. And I think he was also the baddie in Along Came a Spider. He's he's a baddie in a lot. Uh, yeah, he is. Um, yeah, Along Came a Spider was one of those films where Morgan Freeman was playing that same psychiatrist cop yeah. in everything. Yeah. Like, what was it? What it? What was it? 187, Kiss the Girls, and Along Came a Spider. Mm-hmm. They're the three that pop into my head, and he's just the same character in each one, and it's roughly the same film in each one. But yeah, he's the sort of Mal of this team, and there are touches of Mal. Uh, Mal from Firefly and Serenity of this. Uh, Ron Perlman is in the crew as well, and he's very much the Adam Baldwin... Um, oh, give me the character's name, because I've forgotten it, and I haven't written it down. Jane. Thank you, Jane. He's the Jane of the group, you know, the, the, the sort of slightly dumb, but, you know, ass kicker who doesn't really care about everyone, just wants his money. But, well, I mean, we don't get the chance to see whether Ron Polman's version of the character has a heart of gold, but obviously we know that the, the, the Adam Polman character gets developed further in, in Firefly and Serenity. But I really wanted to like it, and I spent the first, oh, it must have been half of the film just looking for positives and trying to to just focus on positives that i could pull out of it which is where i wrote all this bit about the the crew and how i quite liked them and stuff but it's just i got bored because again we're back to the same old plot in the end oh no we've brought some aliens out now they're free oh fuck because actually they're cleverer than we thought they were mm. The the CG is the same as the previous one, so again, when we've got practical CG, it's fine. Sorry, practical effects and a man in a suit, it's great. When we get the CG stuff, they're too small compared to the guy in the suit, and it just doesn't work as well. It tries to make the second half more interesting because you add this crew in and there's the owner Ryder is the robot this time so it's a female robot, that's our robot twist, mm. but it's still the same twist um, there's also the, you discover that Ripley's the 8th clone that there has been so there's a sequence in a South Park episode where I think it's Towley actually where they Towley finds the place he was made and there are mutant towels that came before him that's a piss-take of Alien Resurrection, okay. because she goes into a room a a and that, finds yeah. the seven previous versions of herself mm-hmm. that are Hybrid, Alien, and Ripley, mm-hmm. and the last one she finds is sort of a total abomination, is going, kill me, kill me, which again I'm sure is probably something that started around this time, which has been parodied to death. Yes, <laughs> But this this is the film where I feel it becomes a parody because there's a shitload of humour in it. And I feel it's humour in opportune moments. You're supposed to be scaring me not doing a comedy horror. And it wants to play it as a straight horror but put these moments of comedy in. And it's very Jean-Pierre Junet.
0: It's like at uh, times with this one uh, as I recall it, because again I haven't watched it in very, very, very long time. It is as though they were trying to move away from the the audience that they had established with alien aliens, obviously we've discussed Alien 3 was a shitstorm. It's like they were trying to grasp a new target audience base. It was like, okay, you know what? Our original viewers are aging a little bit. Let's appeal yeah. to a, a younger audience and add a bit of humor in. You know what? Predator um and Predator 2, ooh, they, they they added a bit of humor in. Let's let's maybe throw that kind of stuff in. It it doesn't work. In the context of what this franchise was supposed to be about it was none of that. No. that that was never the intention for it if you want to do comedy parody of this shit go and start another film sorry, mm. a franchise about aliens or something along that yeah, absolutely. don't try and shoehorn it into a relatively serious horror-based film franchise yeah. it just doesn't work
1: no i totally agree uh the the, the bit i've written down specifically that, that sticks in my head is the the captain of the ship who's a very very hairy foreign man um it just astonishes me by the head. One of those people with it, like hairy shoulders and back And out. God, he's a beast. Um, but he gets bitten. Uh, you're looking at his face, and he gets bitten in the back of the head by an alien. Mm-hmm. And he's looking straight to camera, and you know it's happened because you can hear the noise. And he reaches up round the back of his head, pulls round his hand, and he's got like a cotton wool bud-sized piece of brain in his fingers... Looks down at it, sort of smiles to himself and collapses. That, no. No. That's not what I want. Like, that's, it's kind of funny, but I shouldn't be laughing at this shit. This is fucking alien. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. This shouldn't be happening, you know? And, yeah. It inspires a laugh, it doesn't inspire revulsion, Mm. which is what I wonder. I think that's what they were going for, was Mm. that you'd be disgusted by this man pulling a piece of brain out. But you don't. You laugh, because it's fucking funny, stupid looking. So, we... Oh, crikey, I'm really sorry, guys. We're still going, and we've still got two to cover. So, I'm going to try and be (laughs) brief on this one, but the problem is, I... (laughs) Prometheus. Prometheus. Now, I've seen this film maybe... 20 times, I would have said.
0: I'd say two, maybe three. Fair enough.
1: At the time when it came out, it was around the time of Pacific Rim, I remember as well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in my life, there was a glut of high-end Hollywood sci-fi We'd, we'd sort of gone into a quiet sci-fi moment because this is before yeah, it, very quiet. It's yeah. before Interstellar. Mm-hmm. It's before The Martian, yeah. which you know then regenerated everything, and now we're sitting in the back end of Ad Astra and and other things that have come along mm-hmm. to try and explore sci-fi again. But I feel there was a glut, and I think I think that I hooked onto this film because it was a big budget sci-fi, and I just watched it over and over again. I didn't get bored of it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, I watched it this time with a critical eye on it. Mm-hmm. And after the film, I thought it was.
0: Yeah, well, that's And I really want film, to love it,
1: because yeah. I love Idris Elba, and it, I love uh, Charlize Thron. Uh, Thron, sorry. That's how you actually pronounce her name, apparently. Uh, so, I, I love her. I think she's really good. Um, Newman Repass is very good. Oh, the guy's name escapes me. He was in the best film that you didn't watch last year, which is called Upgrade. Um it's the the guy who is Numi Rapace's fella in it and I feel really bad for forgetting his name it's a triple baron name, he's got three names oh, okay. but I can't remember it. Logan Marshall Green uh, okay. there you go, yes, that's his name and yeah, he was in the best film that you didn't watch last year, which is Upgrade mm-hmm. um, I like these people again, Rafe Spall's in it um, Sean Harris is in it, who I love Sean Harris, I watched a film called um, Possum a few weeks ago, which is a horror film Uh, starring Sean Harrison. Essentially, that film is built around that man. Without him, it's nothing. It's fantastic. If you're a fan of horror, go and watch it. It's very quiet British horror. Um, But the cast is fantastic. Mm. The effects are brilliant.
0: Uh, It looks great.
1: It looks really good. One
0: thing that I... I mean, again, I was never... Hugely a fan of all of the alien films and stuff that came before, so Prometheus was on my radar mainly because I was like, okay, as you say, it was a big budget sci-fi film with quite an eclectic cast of big name people. Mm-hmm. People, and for, I think
1: like you were just saying about uh, Resurrection, this was the proper reboot. Yes, this was the one when right we are gonna try and yes. get start again. Yes, and bring a load of new people to this. Yes,
0: um, with the intent of. Asking a lot of big questions that never necessarily pay off in this film. Uh, <laughs> it's, no. it, it sets up a whole heap of, of shit for itself. And as much as they say, oh yeah, well we're going to answer it in the next one. You shouldn't expect to have more films later down the line to explain the questions that you wrote. That's that's yeah. just my opinion. No, no, I totally agree. Um, I but... totally
1: agree. I also think they fuck things up. Because the as far as... When I was watching it, I'm sure that the planet they go to is LV226 not LV-426. The original planet that we see the ship on, the the, the semicircular ship that's alien and aliens, is LV-426. So, do they even go to the same fucking planet? Because I thought that's what we were setting up. And if we're setting up, so we're saying that the Prometheus planet Mm -hmm. is the planet that we see an Alien. And the alien that was on the ship comes from A mutation between a facehugger and the engineer. And the facehugger has been grown inside a human. Yeah. So it's that sort of engineering that creates the first alien that they then land on and meet in the first place. Is that how you read it? Because that's what I always thought the point of Prometheus was. We are going back to the... Sorry, hold on. Sorry, Wayne, hold on a sec. Something's just... Start So yeah, I thought the point was that we're going back Mm. to where we started to explain how the alien got there in the first place. I
0: think the thing is the
1: ship that crashes
0: at the end is the ship that we see in Alien that they go to. I think this is the thing. Like so much of this has been a bit convoluted um, because they've made changes here and there Mm. uh, as they have throughout the plot, and they've made certain attempts to appeal to the chronological order of the films yes. and how they all span one to the other to the other. I couldn't say for definite because I can't remember all of the the in, you know intricate details of, of the names of planets and things like that. So I couldn't say for certain. It certainly seems like they'd be trying to build that up, but again, we haven't necessarily got to the final stage of the prequels. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we can call them prequels. For yeah, they that, are know. prequels, yeah. They I don't are set think before we've... the original Alien. Yeah, yeah. So we, I don't think we've necessarily got to the end of this prequel timeline to conclusively say that that's that. Okay. If that makes sense.
1: Do you think the thing for me, LV426 is referenced in Alien and Aliens, I believe. Mm-hmm. And is established as the planet, certainly in Aliens that we visit. Now, we know that the planet we visit in Aliens is the planet that they visited in Alien, Mm. because the same ship is there.
0: But again, aesthetically, it
1: doesn't look the same. No, it doesn't at all. And none of that fucking works, because they find an entire complex Mm. that that ship launched from. Mm. How the fuck in colonising an entire planet did they not find (laughs) massive underground structures with multiple ships? So, my thought then was, and the LV-226 is referenced at the beginning where um Pass and logan marshall green are taking you through the symbolism of the planets that that are being pointed to in all these things and then they bring up the planet thing on a hollow display mm-hmm. and the one that they point on and click on says lv226 mm-hmm. so that is clearly the planet we go to in prometheus mm-hmm. so i thought the whole point of this and this is why i've, I've you know, no matter how I used to feel about it, if Prometheus was supposed to be the explanation of how Alien started and where the ship was mm-hmm. and how it got there, it isn't. Mm-hmm. By their own rules. Yes. So either they've fucked it up, mm-hmm. or is it the ship that they leave on at the end? Mm-hmm. Is it the planet that that one lands on? Is that what, mm-hmm. where the thing comes yes. from?
0: Now again, in a second, we're going to discuss why that isn't the case. Yes, and this is where I say, I think the the fact that they created so many questions, whether they were just trying to, literally just throwing shit at a wall and going, okay, how many of these questions are going to stick? And how many people are going to come out of this film and wonder about X and about Y uh, and about Z? And which one of those are we actually going to take? Like, which ones are going to be the bugbear for people? Mm. And we're going to build on the next film Mm. or the film after that. I don't know whether there's going to be another film after Alien Covenant, right. you would perhaps I know don't than know. I would imagine that at some point there will be, because this is one of those franchise films where, whatever they do, they still make money.
1: Yeah, and they haven't actually answered the question that I, I, I again, at the time, I thought Prometheus was going to answer. The, the, where did we come, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Now, There's a couple of bits in Prometheus that I do still like and I do still stand by, but they don't get explored enough Mm. or they don't get explained enough. I love um, because thinking about it, we didn't. I didn't mention um, Michael Fassbender in Mm. the cast, uh, who is of course our resident robot for this one. And I don't think it's a twist this time. It's fairly obvious from the start that he's the robot. It's it's said as such, you know. Um, And we introduce Mister Wayland, who runs Wayland Utani, which was introduced as I say back in. Uh, Aliens, so we're back inside the corporate side of it. Um, I find that quite amusing because Weyland-Yutani existed in Prometheus but wasn't mentioned in Alien at all as being the corporation they worked for but then is mentioned again in Aliens. And it's just that thing of you're going back and doing things that don't need fucking doing Mm -hmm. and you're causing more problems Mm -hmm. when we actually look back at other stuff. But there's the whole bit where he's talking to Logan Marshall-Green And he's because they're out to find their makers. We want to find our creators who who made us and why. And he asks, uh, David asks the question of, well, why did did your kind make me? Why did humans make a robot? And the answer is because we could. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, wouldn't it be disappointing if that's the answer you got? And it's absolutely right. We are obsessed sometimes as a species. We're trying to explain where we came from. And what if we were made by some great deity who just did it because they were bored one Tuesday afternoon? Yeah, and that's
0: kind of fits then the profile for this twisted android who starts poisoning people. And... And shit like that. And but again, I've got to say, in
1: Prometheus, I don't think that makes a huge amount of sense. It doesn't. Why he's doing what he's doing doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. It
0: doesn't, but then you take that back again all the way back to the first film where the android turns on his crew. Mm, True. And that's that again for me is where a part of those little links, whether that is Part of the established AI. But or do you antarism. not remember
1: the references as we go through? Because Lance Hendrickson's bishop, mm-hmm. the the robot from Aliens, yes. explains that Ian Holmes' robot yeah. was a little bit glitchy or yeah. not a great one. And that's why he meant nuts. And again, is this In the next film yeah. in Covenant, we meet Walter, who is also played by Michael Fassbender, because suddenly they've started making the yes. robots look the same. Yes. And he, but he is a different model to David yeah. because he says that David yeah. had some weird tendencies yeah. and being odd. And it's like what? So every other generation, yeah. you create a fucking stupid robot that yeah. doesn't know what it's doing. Surely, if you perfect it, you just keep it the same, you twats.
0: Yeah, it's 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 very. Again, this is where <coughs> th- this is where my my confidence in this kind of you know Prometheus and, and alien covenant kind of falls to the wayside because is the consistency of this kind of stuff. It's, okay, if you're going to do it in Prometheus, that's fine. I established that from Alien, that you've got these quirky robots who basically are like, you know what, humanity's built me, but let's see what else is out there. And and playing around with that mechanics, and then kind of going, oh, actually, it's just a glitchy robot. Oh, come on, I was hoping for more than that. Uh, You know, is this intentional AI improving upon what is there? Is it actually trying to destroy its own makers? No, no, it's just glitchy. Oh, that's just a fucking piss excuse. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: So, we'll move on to Alien Covenant then, which was 2017. This is ten years after Prometheus. Mm-hmm. So ten years after Prometheus, we are watching a colony ship called the Covenant go to a planet to colonise it. They are aiming for one planet, they get a distress signal from another planet... LV-22, no, uh, no, they don't go to 226. They end up on the planet that David and Elizabeth Shaw, uh, Nimir Rapass's character, crashed on. That's the planet they end up on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They obviously abort a eight-year plan that's going to take them to this place that they've surveyed and they abandon all that research that's gone into this perf- finding this perfect planet for them to do because they don't want to spend another three years or seven years or whatever it is in cryo, and this place looks like it might be all right, so they decide they're going to go there instead. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll work out, well. The beginning of this film, though... I mean, the problem... The problems start with the beginning because the beginning is a is, is scene between David and um, uh, Mr... What's his name? Wayland. I can't remember his first name for some reason. But Mr. Wayland, played by Guy Pearce, um, at the time of David's creation. And David is asking questions of his creator and stuff, and he doesn't have a name. So it, there's some things, I think, with prequels, where so they go too far. It's like you don't need to explain that to us. Like uh, Solo, for example. The little dice that hang on the Millennium Falcon. Yes. They were a not-thought-about prop in the original films. Yes. Yet for some reason... Let's give them a backstory. Reason, exactly, you oh. wanted to give it a backstory. Yeah, all right. Then. You had to give us a backstory as to... That his robot ended up as of the computer. Why, why yeah, is we never hear a computer yeah. in the original Star Wars Where, where films. do you get the name why Solo? I do, you need to oh, do that. I'm on my own. Yeah, what I, the uh, fuck was that? Don't about? need to explain this stuff. Oh but they do it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They explain why he's called David mm-hmm. because apparently Mr. Wayland has a statue of uh, David, the, the Greek statue of David. Yeah. And and he goes, oh David, I'll call myself David. He's like, oh for fuck's sake, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's like the beginning sequence is trying to explain the themes to us as exposition, but masked as a discussion between two characters of what was going on in Prometheus and what we were trying to explain. Well, I shouldn't need this. The first film should have explained everything to me. And this is just a problem as we go through. There's an entire sequence later on with David and Walter... And two fucking flutes, recorders, call them what you will. And it's like, I'm just sitting there going, what? Because it's all psychobabble bollocks talking about the meaning of this and that and the other. And I don't know, it's boring as hell. And it's like, other than to explain why Fassbender played more human and sarcastic a character in Prometheus as opposed to Walter in this one, who's much more straight-laced because he's not the one with the glitch.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like... How... That's later. Sorry, cut that little bit of silence. Um, Walter's voice amuses me. Mm-hmm. He, he starts out as sort of a standard gruff Batman-type voice. It's almost like that. It's like, hi, I'm, I'm Walter. Rather than David, I'm Walter. David. And he's just like he got the David voice fine, mm-hmm. but the Walter voice is shit. And he, he drops it from time to time. It goes a bit southern at times. He sounds like he's from Texas in places. God, it's awful. I don't even think he gave a shite at this you point. You know what? I've,
0: I've had problems with Fassbender's accent in the past. I know that watching the... I've never seen Frank actually talking about northern accents. Is he... He, he's, he does. He he plays does Frank, yeah, he does, he does a, a decent he, one in that. But does it's, Frank side bombs, I know so. in the X Men <coughs> stuff that he was in. Oh God! It just slips at was the Was he Irish? Was yeah. he English? Yeah, was and I was, like, was he American? The, I don't really fucking know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not touching those with a barge pole. No, I, I, I despise those fucking films.
1: Yeah. Um, James Franco's in this film. I don't know whether you knew because he dies before he even gets out of his cryo sleep chamber. Yeah, I kind of remember something about that. Yep, he dies fire, gets set on fire mm-hmm. in his cryo sleep. Now, he is in it mm-hmm. um, and he's credited as being in it and before the film was released, they released something called The Last Supper mm-hmm. which was like a six to ten minute um short almost taken from the film where the whole crew was sat around a table having their last supper before they went into cryo sleep. Mm-hmm. So he's actually in that for the full time mm-hmm. as the captain of the ship because he's the captain. Um... But it's not in the film. It was released on YouTube. And again, I ask, why? Why do I need to watch a six to ten minute extra bit on YouTube to understand the fucking film you're
0: producing? It's just the way that they work now, isn't
1: it? Uh, Quite. And this is... uh, I mean, I'll get to that uh, point I want to make at the end. Um, I mean, looking at it technically, the effects are very good. The, the, the spacewalk, there's a spacewalk bit which I think looks really, really cool when they're repairing um, solar sails and stuff. But it's nothing I haven't seen before. Sunshine did it better. Um, so, just go with me here. So, in this film, the origin of the creature that we see in Alien okay which i'm assuming is the one that's born at the end of prometheus from the engineer okay because that's that's as i read it even though their planets don't line up and shit and it would be impossible for them not to have discovered all the building that was there right so a plant that happens to exist oh no no sorry this is the origin of the creature that they end up getting attacked by in alien covenant so this is its its gestation, right? There is a plant that happens to exist on the planet that Elizabeth Shaw and David fled to, mm-hmm. which is where this film takes place. It infected a human host as an air-bound spore mm-hmm. from the plant. Mm-hmm. The plant-based spores then cause a xenomorph, not the traditional xenomorph from the original films to gestate, and it specifically says it's a different type, causes these spores, cause it to gestate in a human and be born in what seems like minutes, an hour at best, which, you know, we're not used to that. It normally is days for the gestation period of these things before we get the chest burst a bit. But Within an hour, someone is infected, grown a xenomorph, and it's exploded. What?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Really? Mm -hmm. I thought that Prometheus explained that the xenomorph that we understand was born from a facehugger and one of the engineers together. So, what was the point in all that setup, Aunt Prometheus, if a fucking plant can do the same job? Mm-hmm. A plant! Mm-hmm. Let's not get into how the rest of the crew don't become infected by this plant, because it is a fucking plant that's everywhere. It's specifically CG'd in all over the place, right? And if you touch it, it releases spores that then infect you if you inhale them. How do only two... It's like two or three people that get infected that way. Why isn't everyone? It's an airbound transmission, for fuck's sake! Because it's it's a plot device. (laughs) It's fucking bollocks, is what it is. And then, oh God, David and Walter and the recorder scene, I just... Oh, it's like a really crap love scene between two robots that's the most boring thing you've ever seen in your life because it's, it's it's Michael Fassbender talking to himself when he doesn't really give a shit and doesn't really understand why his character's doing what it's doing anyway. Because, yeah, you now learn that David is a mass murderer mm-hmm. who has killed... The planet that him and Shaw escaped to was a vibrant living planet mm-hmm. occupied by the engineers... Mm-hmm because, again, in Prometheus it's established that this the where they go to right. is an off-experimentation place, uh, yeah, yeah. and they've taken the stuff, yeah. the bad stuff, the ooze, they've taken that to the experimentation base so it doesn't affect their home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: David drops all of this shit on them. He just turns up and drops it on them as a species and just kills everyone, mm-hmm. absolutely everyone. So now he's a mass murderer... Mm-hmm. He then mutates Elizabeth Shaw, because why not? Cuts up various things. He's dissecting animals that he's infected with this shit. Why? I still don't feel that I get an explanation by the end of this fucking film. Nope. I don't... Because I don't, I don't think he knows why. I don't think the fucking script knows why they're doing Night. what they're doing. No. And... Uh, what's our twist this time? Oh, okay. David and Walter switch places. Oh
0: no! So the evil one no lives on. No one ever on. saw that
1: one come in a million miles. Away, oh no! Did they? No no no! It's not as if you see them in a sequence where David's got murder in his fucking eyes and he's just alone with Walter, and then the next time you see him, suddenly he doesn't remember something that Walter would remember. Oh for God's sake! Like, when did subtlety go out of these things as well? And let's not forget, this is Ridley Scott again. We mentioned The Martian not so long ago. What a fantastic sci-fi film that is! He directed Alien. What, like, despite its age, great sci-fi film and the genesis for an entire genre. What
0: happened? Where did he go? Well, that's it. Sometimes they get. Uh, sometimes they, <coughs> they they believe their own hype a little bit too much, don't they? Hmm. Um, especially, I mean, with the, with the Martian. At least we can say that that was based on a book. There was certain well, okay. there were certain I limitations didn't know actually, so that's interesting so there are certain limitations within that kind of scope when you're given free reign to go here's your here, here's the money write the script as you want it yeah. oh you know what I said these really great uh you know high evolved questions about the meaning of life in uh, in Prometheus fuck that let's put that to the wayside you know what let's bring up more questions in the next film that I'm not going to answer. And maybe people will buy it so that they'll basically go, oh, let's give him some more money for a third. Yeah. That's essentially yeah. how I've looked at these films.
1: I think you might be right. I mean, the, the, the thing that really gets me is like, okay, because again, the plot, isn't, the plot isn't simple. I don't think it's fair to say that. I, don't, I, I wouldn't say it's good. I wouldn't say the subtext and the themes they're trying to explore are good. But I don't think it's a simple plot. It should be, because it's essentially just, this alien is trying to kill us all again. What do we do? But even that takes a back seat to this overly pompous, navel-gazing bullshit that, where they just want to spew themes at us. And it's like, right, so one minute... like, Because, again, Scott has looked at this and gone, right, I want to go hard R. Because the fucking gore in it is way over the top. It's ridiculous. He's like... It almost reminded me of, like, 80s proper video nasties with, you know, pulsing jets of blood spurting out of everyone, you know? It's so visceral. But that doesn't gel with then a 20-minute sequence of two robots talking to each other while one's teaching the other to play recorder and they're musing over the meaning of life and what the point is. And it's like, what?! I don't understand what you're doing. This doesn't make any sense. So, like, he decided not to pull any punches, but there was just nothing left. Oh, God. Uh, anything else to say? I really don't think I ever hate this film. Um, I like, I'm not as huge a fan of Danny McBride as you are, but, you know, he's perfectly serviceable in this. And Numi Rappas, I don't even think is seen. She's only mentioned, Elizabeth Shaw has only mentioned... And they kind of, I think the whole point of this, like you say, was obviously let's look for number three, mm-hmm. and they've given us our new Ripley. Yeah. Who, did I write the character's name down? No, because unfortunately, even though she is front and centre of most things... Is it
0: Catherine Watson? Yes, you might be right actually, well done. Um,
1: uh, yeah, I, she you know, her character as a as a thing is just there to be the Ripley. Mm-hmm. She's not like she loses her husband at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And again, that doesn't gel well with me. She, she loses, because uh, uh, James Franco's her husband, and he dies as they're all getting brought out of cryosleep. Within 30 seconds, we're in a scene after that with her, where she's crying over a video of him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't know this guy. Mm-hmm. You haven't introduced me to this character at all mm-hmm. before you've killed him off. You can't suddenly expect me to give a shit. About their relationship. It doesn't work like that. Oh, let's stop. Because otherwise I could go on forever picking this film apart and saying how shit it is. So there we go. That brings us to the end, for now, let's be fair. Yes, for now. Of the alien sextology. I don't know. Because Sept would be seven. Mm -hmm. And Penta is five. I don't know. Zero Miedo or
0: something. Um, Next time research it before you say it yeah quite possibly that's a good idea. good idea
1: good idea but I think we should stop there um, obviously uh, yeah, we've run
0: along but I, I don't know I'll, see, I'll
1: talk to Wayne and see
0: what he says mm-hmm. he might want to split it into two that might be good you could always just throw a uh, <coughs> part one part two thing before you finish it then well, we finish it, and then you throw that in. So, yeah, okay. this is just ad-lib at the moment, mate. So, yeah, this um, is ad-lib. Don't,
1: don't put this in, please. Uh, we're just yeah, discussing so, so, this live, because so, we've so, now just realised we're an hour and 40 minutes, and I just need to do the sign-offs. So, and go. So, come on. We should probably... I think I know the answer to this, but we should probably try and pick a favourite out of these. Um, for me, it was Aliens. And well done, correct answer.
0: <laughs> we'll um, move on. Th- th- there is no more discussion,
1: I don't think. Um, I wouldn't imagine that that... Uh, I mean, I'd be interested to to know whether... Um, like I said, whether a female audience feels the same way about it, sure. because I do think when you look at it, Prometheus and Alien Covenant have more focus on a... Uh, I don't want to say weaker, because it's not a weaker female character, but it's, it is a less testosterone... Seemingly testosterone-driven badass woman, you know Elizabeth Shaw is not a badass. No, she's a survivalist mm-hmm. and she's a well-rounded character, but she isn't a survivalist. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm a guy. James Cameron at his peak, I'd watch Aliens even at two hours and forty minutes. I'd watch yeah. that all day, every day. I fucking love it. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And and that would be my choice. So, thank you for joining us on this Odyssey. Um, uh, as usual, you can contact us and get enjoy uh, get involved in in all the discussions at uh, by emailing screenmasters at bytebackmedia.co.uk, and that's b y t e backmedia.co.uk. Um, I'm not going to do all the you know where we are with Spotify, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. We've actually just changed uh, podcasting platforms for the uploads, so. You will need to re-go and find your link, search for a Screen Space Masters on most of it. But everyone, if you want to know where to find us, go to the Facebook page. I have now pinned at the top of the Facebook page links to the YouTube channel, to the Patreon, to the Spotify, to uh, Apple Podcasts. As soon as that's uh, finished going up, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can get us basically. I have put a link at the top of the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash the Screen Masters, all as one word. And you can come over there and, you, you know, don't use the email. If you want, come over, send us a message. Someone sent us a message the other day, as I say, about uh, whether we should do an episode on sequels. Any sequels that are better than the originals, which as I say, we, we will look at. So we do read everything. Um, come over and have a look. And, yeah, I think we'll leave it at that for now. So You need a drink. I do, I do. My, my throat's getting very thin. So... <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. This is the end of our Alien Odyssey. Uh, we'll see you again next time. I have been Bav. And I have been Fluff. And this has been Screenmasters.